0: Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, joined by Kyle McKelvey. Today on the podcast, we're reacting to the 11th weekend of college baseball. Let's talk college baseball. That was wonderful seeing your beautiful mustachioed face on my screen. (laughs) Nice and large. Hide that self-view on Zoom. I don't need to see myself. I just want to see that glorious mustache.
1: (laughs) No, you, you, you don't need to see it. It's not that... It's not that impressive. It's also really scratchy. I don't know if I like shading. I'll never do it again.
0: You were telling me some lies earlier about how apparently your wife chose this. And I <laughs> can't imagine a world where where this was the, a desired option. <laughs> well,
1: it was... She chose this from a list of other bad options. And so this <laughs> seems to be the, the best of a bunch of bad options.
0: Would you rather have me in a mustache or just mutton chops? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did. Yeah, mutton chops was an option and she <laughs> oh, didn't know wow. what that was. So I had to
0: describe it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. And, uh, yeah. you know, you over there in your mustache and presumably cargo shorts and like Birkenstocks or something presumably that's what's going on you're looking (laughs) full dad mode i feel like it's only appropriate we talk about the thing that i have most embraced uh in my my fatherhood and that is the wonders that is costco and (laughs) i recently found out kyle that you are not a member of costco and i'm here to convert you to the cult of costco and i could talk about their delicious giant bags of mango slices (laughs) and candy and like their their all their great deals on so many different things you can get a 18 piece Tupperware set for like $27. That's ridiculous. Ooh. But the one thing that I think that you're missing out most on is their pre-made whole cooked chickens. Yeah, you can get those at a regular grocery mm. store, but they're like nine, 10 bucks. Costco is $5.46. And that's here in New England where I think things are more expensive. So in Texas, you probably could get it for like, I don't know, like 175 or whatever prices are like in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: all right. I think I think you, you should probably stop until we get sponsored by Costco you don't want to give them too much free pub uh
0: I'm okay I'm I'm okay shilling for Costco I I don't need to be paid to to totally stand Costco uh I'm I'm such a diehard Costco supporter now that I am I'm willing to 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 delay to lay my integrity down just for the sake of the most wonderful whole whole warehouse store in in America
1: Do you think this is the most time the the most number of times that Costco has ever been said on a podcast?
0: Uh, Definitely college baseball podcast. You're not going to hear this on (laughs) a D1 podcast. (laughs) Those scrubs, they're not talking about Costco.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe they should. Maybe, maybe. Well, actually, why don't we just get sponsored by Costco? And that way we can talk about them all the time. Have a 60 second ad on here or something.
0: Let's add it to the email blast of who we're we're sending out next with that let's head over to our top story and we have a two-parter here i want one half of this we're going to focus a little bit on some interesting storylines in the sec and the other half we're going to be looking at the rest of the country so let's start off the SEC, as we'll get to in just a moment with our rankings, is loaded in the top 10. I think the most surprising thing that happened this weekend probably was South Carolina losing a home series to Auburn. Meanwhile, Arkansas, having just gotten swept the weekend before by Georgia, rebounded to sweep AM. And if you get swept, if you sweep and then get swept, you know, three and three in two weekends, that doesn't sound too bad. So Arkansas did exactly <laughs> what they needed to do. They uh, put, the, put an end to a losing streak to rebound. And uh, at least putting some pressure on LSU in the SEC West race, the SEC East race, anything goes. Yeah, I mean
1: that that uh, Auburn series was like really surprising, and they were really close to getting swept too. South Carolina was that uh, they had a South Carolina mounted a furious comeback in the seventh with a few um, like a, with a big homer in the in the seventh to put the to the nail in the coffin, and then Auburn got one back in the top of the ninth that almost like a Put the like nailed the sweep in, but um, yeah, South Carolina held, and that's that's kind of what we considered for our our ranking. We we wanted to move South Carolina down more. We can get into that later as rankings come in, but like, we I don't know, it's just after after home sweeping Florida, a top five team, it's this is just this is strange. This is a strange weekend,
0: yeah. I mean, they had a little bit of a little bit of a case of the injury bug, and maybe chalk it up to it. It's not easy winning. Week in and week out in the conference. They're one and a half games back of Vanderbilt now And the East. Meanwhile, Arkansas with their sweep also moves to one and a half games behind LSU. LSU, meanwhile, also swept Alabama. So that made it a little bit tough for Arkansas to gain ground, but they held Pat. I want to look elsewhere in the country for the second half of this top story because we're getting some really interesting results in the Big 12 and the ACC. We had some really interesting results this week, and I want to start talking about Kansas State first. Kansas State is a team that we were really debating on. Are they a tournament team? Are they not? Well, you know what? what we concluded was that they're going to have a chance to prove themselves. Finishing this season uh, with three Big 12 series, one non-conference kind of tucked in there, but the three Big 12 ones they have are Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, TCU. They started that off winning a series against Texas Tech. I think that's a pretty big marquee series win for the Wildcats, move them to 11 and 7 in the Big 12, just three games behind first place, currently tied for second place. If they are anywhere near that top two three four spot in the big 12 this is looking more and more like a tournament team so a huge series win for the wildcats
1: yeah they they don't really seem to have the rpi but they they have a lot of wins and that's that's what that seems to be enough for like the rpi number four conference or number three conference yeah i no, think no, yeah so right
0: great point their rpi is only at, at 57 right now their rpi plus mm-hmm. is up at 48 so that rpi plus likes it a little bit more but at the same time though If they end up in second place in the Big Twelve, they're not going to get left out. We saw that. No, was it 2018 with Washington finished, I believe, third in the Pac-12 and their RPI was in the 60s, but the committee thinks Pac-12 is pretty good, so third place team in the Pac-12 is not going to get left out. So I think it's going to be the same sort of case for Kansas State if they end up in a similar spot. But at the same time, they still have a couple series. Their RPI is probably going to go up if they keep winning some games.
1: True, and this might spell disaster for Texas Tech, a team that is ranked in the top 15 in a lot of polls or top 20 in a lot of polls, but. I don't know if they're going to make the tournament now. This, this Sli- is uh, slipping,
0: slipping down the polls, slipping down the conference standings. We'll get into yeah. Texas Tech a little bit more later in the podcast. Last result from our top stories is Duke. The Blue Devils have continued backing up series after series when uh, they just. Two weekends ago, swept Louisville at home. They traveled on the road, won two out of three games at Virginia. We already touched on the podcast about how Virginia is heading in the wrong direction, but Duke did not let the who's bounce back by any means and went on the road, taking two out of three at Virginia. And all of a sudden now, Duke finds themselves in a meaningful race in the ACC Coastal. So they're half a game ahead of Miami. Miami also won a road series this weekend, uh, but Duke now has... uh, uh, A little bit in the the driver's seat in the Coastal. Uh, It's going to be a really fascinating end to the season when Duke travels to Miami to wrap up ACC play. So that could be uh, a division title could be on the line in Miami. Next up on the podcast, let's head over to our college baseball top 50. We have... For the 11th straight week. Yeah, I went back and counted just to make sure it's weeks one through eleven, LSU and week four have been number one and number two. No changes there, nothing, nothing to change there. Vanderbilt three, South Carolina four, Florida five, Arkansas six. So string of four SEC teams before we get Duke and Coastal, followed by number nine, Stanford, number 10, Campbell. That's our top 10. Entering into the top 25 we have west virginia shooting up to number 18 maryland at number 20 southern miss 24 Cal cal state fullerton 25 only one new team into the top 50 this week that was washington taking a series against usc kyle anything else stand out about this top 50 that we haven't touched on
1: there's a few Pac-12 teams that are kind of making a the surge. There's Oregon and Oregon State that they seem to have like a rough middle of the of the of conference play, and now they're now they're moving on up. The Oregon and then Oregon State are 14 and 15 respectively. Uh, and then yeah, you, like you said, Washington's moving on in there. Um, I like Kansas State moving up a lot. They were number 50 last week. They're misters Irrelevant now. They're 39. It's kind of nice.
0: Yeah, when you win a series against. Texas Tech, you move up. That's how it works. We we tend to make teams go up when they win games. It's a crazy <laughs> take that we have. I know, wild. Speaking of some of these series, including that Kansas State series, the pick'em went pretty darn well for you, Kyle. Four and one, moving up in the standings. Meanwhile, I had a two and three week. I'll let you. You know, I'll, I'll be the gracious loser. I'll let you go first, and maybe you can tee us up with that Kansas State Texas Tech series. We've already talked a little bit about Kansas State knocked off Texas Tech, and you picked that one correctly. I'll hand it off to you.
1: Yeah, you said I'm making moves in the standings, but back to exactly 500. I'm I'm a coin flip, pretty much. Yeah, um,
0: I was gonna leave but, that but, so, out, but you, you it, we'll, if you're gonna <laughs> offer it, we'll we'll put it out there i'll offer
1: it I, I i i'm still going i'm going the right direction now but yeah this this kansas state series was. Re- i was really impressed by kansas state this weekend they're definitely starting to look like a tournament team and attack on the other hand seems to be not they are they had five errors in the series um that middle game they had three errors and they ended up winning that game so you know that's baseball but uh I thought te- Texas tech starters actually improved a little bit. Mason Molina was, was their, their uh Friday night guy and he went six innings with six hits only allowed a run with no walks. That was impressive, but Kansas state just, they're just like clutch. They're clutch hitters. And they took a two on a, a lead with a two run Homer in the bottom of the seventh to take game one. Uh, tech responded in game two pretty well, but uh, Sunday run day came back in, in on game three. And that was a, uh, that was a really nice series win at home. I think this is the only the second time in the last like ten years that Kansas State has beaten Tech. So impressive series win. That was nice.
0: Yeah, it could be a. Uh, I mean, it might not be exaggeration to say this could be a program shifting series win. If this is what propels them to making the NCAA tournament, this could be a really huge series win. Looking back at the at the end of the season.
1: Yep. And then uh, Oklahoma State picked. Uh, I picked that one right. I think. I guess Game Three got canceled because of rain. I, I didn't actually follow up on that. Do you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. But Oklahoma okay. State only needed two games to win that series.
1: <laughs> yeah, they so they won the first two. Jawan Rutz Brown and Ben Abram looked pretty good in those games. And Isaac Stebbins, their closer, and that's all she wrote, folks. That's a it was a nice series win on the road. I, I mean, it doesn't seem like it would help. OSU's rpi but michigan does have a winning record so that kind of helps that's that's uh that should help their rpi uh next up for me was arizona state going to oregon i picked oregon in that one and oregon's starting pitching seemed to be the the difference maker there uh they seemed to only have a friday and a saturday guy though because sunday they got kind of beaten up uh they used seven pitchers on sunday where they only used five total in the first two games jay stofall and logan mercado are really good and oregon just mashed arizona state uh for four doubles and four homers in game one seven doubles and four homers in game two so uh pretty offensive showdown out in the west Uh, next up for me was duke and virginia duke um yeah like we have we kind of already touched on them but we were on the top 10 train for duke
0: before it was cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it Virginia seems to be falling fast. They had four errors on the weekend and none for Duke, and that seems to be uh, the difference maker right there. But I'm, I was confused. I, I don't know if you cut this. But does the Friday night's uh, Duke's Friday night starter Alex Gow went four innings pitched and then got pulled? But he was only at fifty-seven pitches with three hits and two walks. He was pulled after a four-pitch walk, and Duke is already up five to one. I don't know if you know what happened there.
0: Yeah, not specifically. I do know that they have one of the deepest bullpens in the country, so I could imagine just yeah. a situation where it's like, hey, if we have a, some some depth here, as soon as things start getting shaky on Friday night, Chris Pollard has the luxury of going to the pen.
1: Yeah, and uh, the the person that that uh, took over for Alex Gao was is apparently from my hometown, so that was kind of I just I was going through the the box scores and found that information out.
0: Was he a fighting uh, dragon? Just a dragon. Just a dragon. You're just, just dragons dragon. don't fight.
1: No. <laughs> uh, my last series that I got wrong was Maryland. Indiana. I picked the home team, but I don't big, know why. Big I time ouch! Big time ouch! <laughs> yeah. Indiana. Yeah, I don't know why I felt the need to pick against the team that's got the fourth ranked Woba in the country, especially when they have in the first two games they out like hit thirty-two hits to fourteen hits. Like a 395 batting average over the series to a 209 batting average of the series. That's uh that's a big uh big ouchie there. It was a sixteen run game two, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Just just wild. Um so really impressive stuff by Maryland there. And sorry, Indiana, I jinxed you, I guess.
0: Also, Matt Shaw's good at baseball. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. Yeah, he is a uh, batting 359 on the year. 18 home runs. That Maryland team's gonna be a tough out in the NCAA tournament because it looks like they're making it at this point. All right, I'll rip the bandaid off. Two and three a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my two ACC series wrong, so I got Miami at Louisville wrong, and I also got Clemson at Boston College. And I want to kind of compare and contrast these a little bit. So I went to the, uh, a, a little bit of that Clemson Boston College series. I actually saw Boston College win for the first time this year. <laughs> I feel like wow. I've been a little bit of a jinx. <laughs> Uh, And when they win, what it looks like is really, really good defense. Like they, Boston College does have the ability to play really good defense. So uh, I feel like I've been a little bit harsh on them at times on the podcast, top 25 uh, in terms of fielding percentage. Uh, And what it also looks like is just enough from the middle of the lineup. And in that middle game, they were able to get that. But in the first game of the doubleheader that had to happen because of rain, and then in, in game three, Clemson got the best of them. Clemson trending in the right direction. Boston College, let's say not necessarily in the world's best shape, but I want to contrast that to what's going on with Louisville because Louisville, I would say, was in a must-win situation almost. Hosting Miami, this is the type of team that you got to be able to beat. When Boston College loses this series, they drop to 13-11 in the ACC. That's very respectable still. When Louisville lost the series, they dropped to 9-12 and in the ACC. And now we're kind of getting into danger zone. So Louisville has the luxury of hosting Florida State to finish the year, but they have two road series against Clemson and Virginia. So only nine ACC games left, sitting at three games below 500. Really feels like they have to go six and three in those nine games remaining. And not by no means impossible, but they're dug, digging themselves into a hole that I don't know they can dig themselves out of. I also yeah. go for it, Kyle.
1: Well, just with the way Virginia's playing it seems like they're also trading in the wrong direction so they could win that road series and that would help their tournament case I feel like
0: yeah Virginia 2 is at 13 11 so a lot of a lot of ACC teams are just above 500 um yeah. so uh Louisville though is in a little bit worse shape I would say I also whiffed on Texas at TCU I think that I thought TCU would, be able to bounce back and at this point i think i'm almost ready to write off tcu this year uh they no. have fallen to 56 in the rpi 8 and 10 the big 12 24 and 20 overall so i think at this point it's safe to say that i am over tcu this year let's move to the series that i got right i picked stanford over ucla It did take a little bit of a game three come from behind victory for stanford to win that series I feel like normally at this point in the year, we're at the point where Stanford just starts crushing opponents. And we still feel like we're in early season Stanford form of sneaking by opponents. We'll see if that means the ceiling is lower on Stanford than it has been years past, but man, that offense is really fun. And then my premonition of Cal State Fullerton taking over the full gripped lead on the big West came true. So they were already in first place in the big West heading into the weekend But now having a series win on the road at the number two team, they actually knocked Cal State Northridge into fourth place. So it's Fullerton one, UC Santa Barbara two in the Big West. But Fullerton Fullerton has a two and a half game lead. So Fullerton looking more and more like a tournament team and like a probable conference champ. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with something or nothing. and we're back hey if you haven't already could you go give the college baseball nation podcast a rating and maybe a review just giving us a five-star rating help gets the word out and if you leave a review we will be extra appreciative we might even read it out at the end of the podcast in the post podcast credits Kyle let's get into a little bit of something or nothing we have four topics here we have to decide whether or not these are a big deal or not a big deal and let's start off with I don't know what to, to, to call this no idea the state of Ohio put a temporary pause on all sports betting related to Alabama baseball due to some oddities over the weekend. Uh, so strange. I'll I'll let you take this one. Is this something or nothing?
1: So in college baseball, you can only bet on like the money line. And if you don't, if you're not a a betting aficionado, like clearly we are, you know, we're so good at at our, Mm -hmm. our picks. Um, A money line is basically like they'll set someone will set a line on a game like minus 245 like LSU was and which means you'll have to bet $245 to win a profit of $100. So you would get your 245 back plus 100. Um, And if it's the other way, so if it's plus 105 and you bet 100 to make a profit of 105. Um, So LSU was heavily favored in that game against Alabama and won it and that, that's, that was the end of it. It felt like it just felt like it was a uh, there's nothing shady going on there. But um, the rumors are that a big bet started coming in after Alabama or before Alabama announced that their starter was scratched on Friday. Is that, I, mean, I think it was Friday. Yeah. Um, and so it seems just kind of collusionary, collusive. Like maybe someone Hmm. on the Alabama side was tipped off or maybe like family was tipped off by the team. I don't know. Um, So it's just it's just really strange. Like, why just Ohio? Why not the state of Louisiana? I think there was a uh, there was a. Yeah, a follow up article. I think the state
0: of Louisiana also was tipped off about it.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead story. and say this is a nothing. I have a feeling this is more like someone bet bet a thousand dollars on this game, and normally people aren't putting that much money on college baseball games. So it's kind of yeah. like, ah, what's going on? Like I don't <laughs> think this was like Brad Bohan and is fixing baseball games because he knows he's gonna get fired. Like I I don't I think this is a big old nothing is what I'm calling it.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. I I don't I don't think it's anything sketchy. Especially like if it was if it was the other way around, it was a game that LSU was favored and then they lost. That would be a little bit like I don't know sketchy but it seems it seems uh, like not point shave scandally but there are point shaving scandals in in college sports that that have happened recently just uh not really in college baseball it seems like hard hard
0: to to do that in college baseball
1: yeah kyle recently over the
0: weekend you discovered a almost complete sec circle of suck meaning every team has beaten two and then lost to another team in the conference in a way that requires no uh, redundancies except for lsu who has not lost a conference series and is outside of this circle of suck. something or nothing here what what what's your takeaway about what you came up with
1: i think it's it's just it's nothing it's just a fun little thing that uh that people
0: on twitter seem to like so i uh,
1: i found that the little path and it's if you're curious it's on twitter uh at kyle mckeld um but yeah, LSU is not involved. I think a lot of LSU fans that have commented on it think it's a pro LSU tweet. And it's not really. It's just uh, it's just a fun little thing. The LSU I'm, I'm has not lost a series.
0: I'm taking it as pro LSU because I think it is something. The fact that LSU hasn't lost a conference series in a year where no one else can say the same thing, I think that's something. This is a super team. Super yeah. team's supposed to win. We criticized them earlier for not sweeping, but you know what? They've continued doing the job. They've won all their SEC series except for one where they split with Kentucky, but they have not lost an SEC series. So yeah. I'm going to say that's a something for LSU. Did you say
1: but Kentucky? They're... They split with South Carolina.
0: South Carolina. That's right. Yeah. Uh, let's do something or nothing. Let's head over. I told you we talk more about the Red Raiders. Let's talk about Texas Tech. They're currently fielding 961 on the year, which is good for last in the Big 12 and 240th in the country. Something or nothing.
1: I mean, I think it's something. I think it's part of the reason why they're not doing so hot in in the conference standings. That's just uh, it's just strange overall. This this whole Tech season, like we know they're talented. They have a great offense and like pretty decent pitching, but. RPI is not there. Conference wins aren't really there. Um, and I guess this is part of the reason why. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to say this is a really big something. And it might even be so much of a something that I I feel like, so I only discovered this after we did our last rankings. And I kind of want to reevaluate and think about Texas Tech a little bit more. This kind of makes makes me downgrade them. I think in my mind, I knew that they were good in offense, that their pitching wasn't as good. Part of that, you can chalk up to the conditions in Lubbock. Part of that, you can just chalk up to coaching philosophy, stadium design things like that so when i saw when when i thought of texas tech i thought of hey they're top 10 in the country and weighted on base average they're top 100 in the country and FIP. you know like they're they're very good offense they're solid pitching and that that was like yeah that makes sense why they're probably you know top 25 top team type of team but now seeing that i i don't think i had appreciated how bad their defense was like this is really bad um and so i think that this does make me really reevaluate texas tech a little bit and uh, possibly, we will see how their season continues on. But I'm I'm selling Texas Tech stock while it has some value right now. Probably a good idea. Something or nothing. RPI plus the improved version of RPI that we came up with—that's more predictive of the postseason selections by the NCAA selection committee. Really, really likes the SEC and ACC this year. Is that something Shaker. or nothing? I'll take a stab at it, and because I, I'm, I'm the one that uh, has kind of dug into this a little bit more. Right now, the top eleven teams in the RPI Plus are from the ACC and SEC. Uh, when you just go back to the RPI, we also have Coastal Carolina at seven, Indiana State at ten. So we have a little bit more diversity in our RPI compared to the RPI Plus. I think there's evidence that this is. The deepest SEC has been in a while. So I, the the winning percentage, we, we talked about it in the midweek last week about how, oh, the SEC had a really bad midweek and it dropped them from an 83% winning percentage to an 81% non-conference winning percentage. That's still 4% better in terms of absolute numbers than they were last year. Last year, they had a 77% winning percentage, and actually it's the same for 2021. So this is a really deep SEC, uh, even deeper than normal. And then ACC has had some... Some teams step as up as well. I think this is something in the sense that, like, I think this is real. I think ACC and SEC are really, really, really good this year. However, I want to say my instinct is that it might be nothing in terms of like postseason because I, I don't, know, I don't know if the committee's going to care. Like, I think the committee has a threshold, like a limit, maybe a cap on how much they're going to be willing to tolerate in terms of SEC and ACC. Uh, exceptionalism. Like, you know, I don't think we're going to see like right now, RPI plus predicts 13 SEC or ACC host. I don't know if we're going to get that number.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think that'll happen, but it's, I mean, I think it's something, I think this, like you said, this is probably the deepest that SEC has been in a while. Uh, But it also feels like there's a big gap. Like it feels like maybe the top teams have beaten up a lot on the bottom teams, like Mizzou out of nowhere swept that Tennessee series at home to start the year and i think they've won two conference games since then so they've gotten swept or only won a game in in two you know all these series that they've had so they i i think i think it, it's it is a little case of of beating up on the on the bad teams but yeah but the bad like team that teams... is missouri
0: is 19 and 3 in non-conference so yeah they yeah. they can't get win win a game in the sec but they did beat Texas and TCU earlier this year and uh, a mix of maybe I mean Illinois Kansas there's definitely some very legitimate wins on Missouri's resume
1: this also it does feel like a a little bit of case of scheduling well and also beating up on those teams so like those like these SEC teams that are scheduling well enough to up their RPI and their their wins are also winning those games Uh, it just means that they're extra talented, it feels like the talent level only improves in the SEC. And two years from now, two seasons from now, when Texas and OU join, I feel like it's just going to keep getting better. That's going to be uh, crazy.
0: Big ol' something pin. Hey, let's wrap up yeah. the podcast with a little mail bit time. of mail time. Mail time. And the mailbag has one question in it right now, and it's about Coastal Carolina. Kyle, is Coastal Carolina a contender or a pretender? Submitted to us via Twitter. Twitter. I'll I'll go first, if you don't mind. I'm going to say, I don't know. (laughs) I think if you put their offense out on the field, they could compete against anyone. They are uh, a team Woba of 448. That's only uh, bettered by a couple of schools, good for six in the country. Where I'm concerned about Coastal Carolina is their pitching staff. The pitching Mm -hmm. staff right now has a combined FIP of 6.09. And I can't find a starter that I feel confident in. Uh, Just looking at starter ERAs, 5.53, 6.17, 9.11, 4.44. These are guys who've started games for Coastal Carolina. I don't think they have the pitching depth to be a contender in the sense of national championship. I think the offense is good enough to get them to Omaha if they get a little bit lucky with the draw and they have you know a couple of good starts from some of these guys.
1: Yeah. And I think I think for them it will depend on on the draw. If if they have if the committee likes them enough to be a top eight and they can host supers there, that is a game changer. Obviously we know the value of hosting like postseason games at your own field that, that has a lot of value. Uh, I don't know if they'll have the resume for it. They do have a really like a pretty good uh, strength of schedule and non-conference strength of schedule. They're seven in RPI right now, only eight and six against Quad One. There's I mean, in an RPI at least, so that's not a lot of games compared to the SEC and ACC teams that we usually see. But a winning record at least, which is is helpful. And they're if they win the Sun Belt regular season and tournament, I think that's this is a tough Sun Belt, so maybe they can have a they can have a top eight, which I think is. Yeah, I think I think the offense can get them to Omaha. Like you said, I'm worried about the pitching staff, though. So uh, <laughs> I think they are a contender for getting to Omaha and then a pretender in Omaha, maybe.
0: Yeah, I I think ceiling would be Omaha. I I would predict them to lose in a super. If I had a, if I had a yeah. gun to my head and had to choose something, how Coastal will do right now, I think it's going to be losing a super.
1: Yeah, if they get matched up, like if they're an eight seed and they get matched up with like Stanford or something, like that's an offense that is on the same level almost. And then a pitching staff that is slightly better, like with, with Quinn Matthews out there like that, if they yeah. if they get shut down by Quinn Matthews, I don't think they can come back and win two games with just like relying on their offense. Obviously, if they swing the bats really well one day, then, you know, kudos, they, they've they earned it. But uh, I don't know. I, I would have a little bit more faith in a team like Stanford, who's got a bunch of offense and then also...
0: Pretty good pitching. Yeah, that's the difference in my mind for sure. I think that's a good comp in the sense that these offenses are are similar, but Sanford has, I would say, just enough pitching to feel like, okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe that they they can beat. Thanks for listening to the College Baseball Nation podcast. If you haven't already, check out our website, collegebaseball.info, our socials are at collegeball.net. Thanks for listening and we will see you in the midweek.